podcast i am your host jeremy jungling today's podcast is going to be a nice short sprint interval podcast i recently listened to a man by the name of david goggins tell his story and i want to share part of that story with you because of how it affected me Uh, if you don't know david goggins david goggins is widely considered one of the world's greatest uh, ultra endurance athletes he's a former navy seal was a member of Delta Force, served in Iraq and Afghanistan, and has um, tackled and accomplished some of the most grueling undertakings um, you can possibly think of. He's a world record holder in pull-ups. He has completed just an incredible amount of races and endurance races, things such as the Badwater 135 Ultra Marathon, and even things more extensive than that. So I was listening to David on the podcast and he is an incredible um, and intense individual. And if you want to check out more about David and get inspired, you can check www.davidgoggins.com. And what David did was uh, pretty amazing. He came from a kind of a broken home and was very overweight as a young adult, tried to make it in the military a number of times and failed and slowly found his way um, through low self-esteem and um, lots and lots of failure. And he still fails today, but he keeps achieving and achieving. And one of the stories he told was the story of his first 100-mile run. And really, it was the first run that really set him on a path to becoming just an incredibly uncommon and amazing individual, but also somebody that learned some lessons that can really help us all, both in our own uh, endurance, you know, journeys and in life in general so David tells a story about how he he was a Navy SEAL but he wasn't much of a runner hadn't really run much at all didn't really like it really did it just so he could lose weight to stay in shape to be a SEAL he saw uh, some information about the Badwater 135 if you don't know what the Badwater 135 is it's one of the toughest uh, ultra marathons in the world It's 135 miles across Death Valley in the middle of summer. It crosses Death Valley and finishes at the top of Mount Whitney, which is either the tallest or one of the tallest um, mountains in the contiguous United States. It is an incredibly grueling and and just horrific ultramarathon that only the best and most elite ultramarathons can get in, marathoners can get in, let alone even finish. David saw something about this, contacted the race director and said, uh, I want to do this race. And the race director said, have you, have you done a hundred miler? Do you even run? David said, no, I don't really run very much, but I, you know, I'm a Navy SEAL. I think I can do this. Race director said, go find a hundred miler, finish it, show me the proof, and maybe I'll consider letting you in the race. So David, that was on a Wednesday. So David did a little research, found that that Saturday was a uh, 100 mile run on a track it was, actually it was a 24 hour run on a track he just wanted to do 100 miles but it was going to be lap after lap in the sun 
to try to run as far as you could in 24 hours. His goal was just to get 100 miles so that he could go back to the race director of Badwater and get in the race. Now, keep in mind, he was not a runner. He was certainly not an ultra runner, and he really did not know what he was doing. So he showed up in the day of the race, brought some Ritz crackers and some water and a few other hydration things that he had never tried and really weren't right for anything of this nature. And David started running, and he started running, and he got 70 miles in. And at this point, he, his body was breaking down. His kidneys were shutting down. He was urinating blood. His feet were falling apart. He actually broke some bones, stress fractures in his feet. Um, during this time, he, he didn't have the proper nutrition. He was hallucinating. Everything was going wrong. And at that point, David's wife said, you should probably quit. You can't go on. But something in David stirred, and he got back up out of his chair and he staggered a few laps around the track. He was going far too slow at that rate uh, to be able to finish. He had 30 miles to go, and he was covering about a 17-minute-per-mile pace, and he needed to do much faster than that to ever finish the 100 miles within the 24 hours. And he just kept pushing, and he just kept pushing, and he, his mind kept telling him that his body was done, but he just kept battling, and he kept fighting. And pretty soon, David was running 10 or 11 minutes per mile and he ended up finishing the 100 miles and he was in incredibly bad shape all the things I said before were still happening now his kidneys were really shutting down he had rhabdo he had just an incredible amount of problems but he had done it he had finished 100 miles he later messaged or got in touch with the race director from Badwater wanting to get in the race the race, dire race director from Badwater said no that's you it was a 24 hour race you only did 20 hours you should have kept going so you know go do something else that proves to me that you can do bad water so long story short david ended up finding another race and completing it and getting into bad water and completing bad water and kind of the rest is history he's he's since become uh like i said one of the greatest ultra endurance athletes there are but what i found interesting what i wanted to pass along from what david said was that at the moment he was sitting down uh, in the chair, he had run 70 miles. He really thought not only could he not keep going, but that his body was not going to work anymore. Um, but he got up and finished the race. In hindsight, he thinks he only had gotten to 40% of what he was capable of. And from there, he developed something he calls a 40% rule. And he believes that most of us, in most everything we do, only really get 40% out of ourselves we are by the time we get to 40 percent our mind starts telling us especially in physical endurance tests our mind starts telling us that that's too much you can't go and the mind's power over the body we all know is immense so when the mind starts saying you can't do it your body can't do it if you can't fight through that that's when your body's going to stop and i've experienced something like this i don't know that 40 percent is necessarily the right number for me but i've often experienced this myself in various races where your mind shuts down your body where your mind says you just you're going to injure yourself this isn't good we're in a bad situation but if you can power through that if you can keep going you'll actually find something on the other side and you'll see this when people finish races all the time You'll see people finishing marathons, and they'll be staggering a mile from the finish line. They've got nothing left. But as they near the finish line, suddenly their pace quickens, their feet pick up, and they find something to bring them through the finish line, even faster than they had gone in the previous 8 or 10 or 12 miles. 
So there's something there. Physiologically, we understand that there's our body can really keep going much, much longer than our mind realizes it can. And I think that's what David is saying, and that's what's such a good message that I wanted to share today, um, is how much more you have when you really your brain tells you you don't. And sometimes your brain is right. Sometimes you just need to stop. Sometimes you really are injured, and sometimes you can't go on any farther. Sometimes you don't need to. But most of the time, we reach that threshold where our mind tells our body to stop long before we really need to. And, and often, that's where the magic really happens. That's where super compensation happens. That's where growth happens. That's where if you can find your way to push past that adversity, you will find amazing things on the other side. And that's where you will start to run longer or start to ride longer or start to believe that you can accomplish things like running a half marathon or a marathon or even an Ironman triathlon. In fact, it took me... It took me about four years from the time I really started running until I decided to do my first triathlon as an Ironman. And half of it was just the mental part of knowing that I could do it. Not because I had done it before or that I was really some great athlete, but I had figured out both through endurance training and through you know, cancer diagnoses, frankly, and battling that, how to control my mind to overcome the physical limitations that I felt or to overcome the physical limitations that were really living more in my brain and to not just overcome it, but to turn it around so that your brain starts to actually tell your body, oh, we can do this. We feel better now. There's something here. And I think that that's a super important message. Um, and I really wanted to share that today with you. If wherever you are in your endurance journey, whether you're just trying to run one mile or a 5K or 10 miles or whether you're trying to do an ultra marathon, there is, there, there is a point where you need to find where your brain takes over and you need to stop and say, is this really how I feel? Is my brain lying to me? Can I keep going? What do I need to do to keep going? And you can do it. Of all the athletes I coach, I mentioned this in the coaching luncheon with some of my athletes the other day, is that I, I don't think I have ever asked my athletes to do anything and they've been unable to do it. Now, one of the keys there is I'm sure I could find something that they couldn't do or wouldn't want to do, but I keep increasing what they do in a very programmed way and with a purpose, but I keep increasing what they do. And I've seen this in even people I don't coach, just people I know. They think they can't do something initially, but they're, gonna, they're willing to try. They at least are willing to open the door and stick their finger through and say, okay, I'm almost willing to step into here and see if I can do that. And then all of a sudden they do that and it's so much easier and so much more fulfilling than they realize. And suddenly they realize they can do more and more and more. And rarely, rarely do people ever reach their physical limitations. You will reach your mental limitations long before you reach your physical limitations. So that's why the mental part is so important in all we do. And I really like David Goggin's story. So when you think you're really tired, when you think you can't go on, whether it's in endurance or in life, you have more to give and you can do it. Um, and as uh, David said, you know, be uncommon amongst uncommon people. And when you go out to a 5k or you go out to a marathon, that those are uncommon people, frankly, because they've taken that step and they're willing to try something new and something different. And you can be uncommon amongst them too. You can do that 5k, but then you can go do more and you can go do more and that will inspire others to follow you. 
I've seen it firsthand. I've experienced firsthand, and I think it's uh, I think it's really a key to to growth, both personally and in endurance athletics. So that's what I wanted to share with you today. If you're interested in uh, finding your own journey through endurance sports, just fitness in general, I'd like you to check out my RFP training program. Uh, we have custom one-on-one coaching for athletes. We have um, some lower level stuff that's just for people that aren't quite as serious, but just want to stay really fit. We offer strength training, nutrition guidance, um, cool products, gear, everything. So it's really amazing. Um, we have a bunch of great coaches. Uh, and if you want to learn more, check out www.stinkyfeettraining.com. Or you can email me, Jeremy, at Stinky Feet Athletics. Or you can just comment um, here on iTunes or on Podbean, comment uh, on, the, on the podcast and let me know that you're interested and I'll get in touch with you. So thanks for listening. Got to run.